0: Welcome to the Race with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day life, where We're life with Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading today from Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. Then, after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, also taking Titus with me. I went up in keeping with the revelation, and I laid before them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles, But I did this privately, before those who were considered important, in order to make sure that I was not running, or had not run, in vain. But Titus, who is with me, was not compelled to be circumcised, even though he is Greek. This was an issue, because of the false brothers who slipped in under false pretenses to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus. Their goal was to make us slaves. We refused to give in to them even for a moment, so that the truth of the gospel would continue with you. But as for those who were considered to be important, what sort of people they once were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. Indeed, those who were considered to be important added nothing to my gospel. On the contrary, they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel for the uncircumcised, just as Peter was entrusted with the gospel for the circumcised. For God, who worked effectively in Peter to serve as an apostle to the circumcised, also worked effectively in me to serve as an apostle to the Gentiles. And Because James, Cephas, and John, who were considered to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave Barnabas and me the right hand of fellowship. They agreed that we were to go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. The only thing they asked was that we would remember the poor, the very thing that we, I was also eager to do. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he was clearly wrong. For before some people came from James, he ate with the Gentiles. But when those people came, he drew back and separated himself, because he feared those from the circumcision group. And the rest of the Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, with the result that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not acting according to the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of all of them, If you, a Jew, live like the Gentiles and not like the Jews, why do you compel the Gentiles to live like the Jews? We are Jews by birth, and not Gentile sinners. We know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also believe in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law, because no one will be justified by the works of the law. But if, while seeking to be justified in Christ, we ourselves were also found to be sinners, then is Christ a servant of sin? Certainly not. In fact, if I build up again those things that I destroyed, I bring on myself the judgment of being a lawbreaker. Indeed, through the law I died to the law that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I am now living in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not regard the grace of God as nothing. As a matter of fact, if righteousness is through the law, then Christ died for nothing. This is the word of our God. Paul continues his explanation and defense of his gospel, because that is the central question. What is the message that we should, should be preaching? And in the previous chapter, Paul talked about the fact that he received this message by revelation from Jesus Christ. And now he goes to the, the next point pillar of that argument, so to speak, that he met with those who were up there in Jerusalem um, and he confirmed the content of his message with them, that he went to them and he met with them privately and even Titus was not compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. And so this is kind of the, the second aspect of his making a defense of his gospel that it was recognized by those who were in Jerusalem that it was a true gospel, that there was nothing that needed to be added. Because remember, the central question is, really, what is the gospel? And what, is, what does it take, what do we have to do in order to be a good Christian? In order to be a Christian, what do we have to do in order to have the forgiveness of sins? Because that is that is the bottom line, is the question, what do I have to do in order to be forgiven? That was what the Galatians were hearing, that they had to be circumcised, that they had to follow the Old Testament ceremonial law, that they had to follow through with all of these Old Testament laws that were there for the Old Testament people to keep them set apart. And the message that the Galatians had bought into was that they had to keep those also. And we get to this this question later in the chapter here, because were, were they free to follow those Old Testament ceremonial laws? Well, yes, because Christ Jesus has set us free, and they're free to follow them or free to not follow them in a vacuum. That is to say, in the absolute, when there was no other no other consideration to to have in mind, when there were no other people around, so to speak, that they had the freedom to follow those Old Testament ceremonial laws, except we use our freedom really as communication as well. But we'll get to that in just a minute. So Paul has gone up to Jerusalem, and his, the next element of his defense here at the beginning of chapter 2 is that the leadership in Jerusalem did not change anything about his doctrine or practice, did not change anything about the way that he was practicing his doctrine. Um, they confirmed the message, and they did not even compel Titus to be circumcised. That's, um, that's important, because that's the central question. And then, thirdly, the the third pillar of his argument, so to speak, is in verses eleven through eleven through fourteen, when he talks about opposing opposing Cephas when when Peter came up to Antioch, and then um, he wanted to make sure to try to impress some people who said that they were from James, whether they were actually from James or not, um, we don't know. All we know is that Peter began to began to adhere to that Old Testament ceremonial law in order to impress these people because they had come and he wanted to make sure that he had a had a good image before them. And that was a public sin that was leading others astray. Verse 13, the rest of the Jews joined him in his hypocrisy with the result that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. And that's The major point um, when we get to Christian freedom in this chapter, that we don't have the Christian freedom. We don't have the freedom to lead somebody else into sin. We don't have the freedom to give the impression that you have to do a certain thing or have to refrain from a certain thing because that is what makes you a Christian. Because we don't have the freedom to connect our action or our lack of action to our forgiveness that's really the bottom line (laughs) that by what we do our confession of of walk we either reinforce or we contradict what we what we believe and what we say our confession of talk and paul says here dear friends let's find a way to make sure that our confession of walk and confession of talk line up together and so that's kind of the the major part here at the end of this chapter that we use our Christian freedom in order to testify to the truth. And even though Christian freedom is something that is neither commanded by God nor forbidden by God, so you have the freedom to do it because God has not spoken about it, um, we also use that freedom to testify to the truth. And so you think of some examples of Christian freedom, um, perhaps gambling. Um, Maybe you think of the use of alcohol. Or maybe you think of, you know, does God want us to have Twinkies or not Um, and eat Twinkies or not? Maybe you think of our worship style and worship form and what that looks like and what a worship service looks like. Maybe you think about wearing, you know, certain colors on certain days, you know, even silly things like that. Um, Maybe even think about, that as a Christian who does not follow the Old Testament ceremonial law, you can have a pizza that has uh, both cheese and sausage on it, because that's not, that wouldn't be kosher. And all those things, all those examples are matters of Christian freedom, things that God has neither commanded that we need to do or forbidden us from doing. Um, God, yes, when we get to the topic of alcohol, God has forbidden drunkenness. Um, When we get to the topic of gambling, God does, God does not allow for greed. Greed is sinful, just as drunkenness is sinful. But the actions that we can undertake there are neither commanded by God nor forbidden by God. And it is possible that a, a wise Christian can partake in these things um, without without sin. But the question of how do I use my freedom to testify to the truth? Well, I'm not going to use my freedom to to encourage somebody else to sin. So I will refrain from using my freedom if, if somebody has a particular sensitivity, but I also use my freedom to testify to the truth so that I am not going to use my freedom in such a way, or even refrain from using my freedom in such a way that would um, encourage or reinforce a false idea. Okay, so it's kind of two sides of the coin there. That Christian freedom is, if you think of it, um, is right in the middle. And if somebody tries to push it one way and says, well, Pastor Hagen, you can't do that because, fill in the blank, then I need to reassert my Christian freedom and say, yes, I can. And, um, and it might even be a case of, here, I'm going to have one right now. Um, if somebody says, you must do that, then it will be a case where I would refrain um, Professor Lyle Lang, who used to teach doctrine at Martin Luther College in New Ulm, um, he had this fantastic example of when he was flying overseas and he ended up sitting next to a like a Baptist minister or something like that you know somebody who was very well instructed it wasn 't just dealing with a Christian who was struggling it was dealing with a Christian who was very sure and certain of what he believed and This Baptist minister and Professor Lang got talking, and obviously you know they 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 mention what they do for a living. And the Baptist minister really begins talking about the fact that alcohol is bad and alcohol is forbidden for Christians and how terrible it is when Christians um, consume alcohol. And in that particular case, Professor Lang, um, just as the drink cart was going by, Professor Lang ordered a glass of wine because he wanted to be able to attest to that Christian freedom. Because this Baptist minister, in his arrogance, not in his weakness. You know, if, P- if Professor Lang was sitting next to somebody who had a real struggle with alcohol, he would have refrained in order to testify to the truth and in order to not lead somebody into sin. But in sitting next to somebody who was very confident in their false belief, then Professor Lang said, here, let me have a glass of wine, and then we're going we're gonna to continue this conversation. So what does that look like? I guess the bottom line question for you and for me is, how do I testify to the truth of God's Word by what I do? How do I make my confession of walk line up with my confession of talk? How do I practice my doctrine? What does that look like in everyday life? And the answer is really rejoicing in the truth and rejoicing in the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. And that might look different in your life and mine. Um, there will be a lot of things that will be in common and have commonality. But we testify to the truth by what we do, and we speak to that truth by what we say. I'm sure that the guys in the Thirsty Podcast this Saturday will talk about that quite a bit more because this is one of the major questions here in Galatians. But that is going to wrap us up for today. Thanks so much for joining us here at the Raised with Jesus podcast. Um, Go ahead and find us on Facebook. Just search for Raised with Jesus and like, comment, and share or subscribe in your favorite podcast app today. God bless your day.